to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to uh, business continuity, crisis management, emergency management, COVID, well-being, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free, reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there, so I'm really easy to find. And I do respond to everything I get. One quick announcement. I will be speaking at the Continuity Insights Conference this year. Uh, actually, sorry, it's next year, 2022, April 25th to 27th in Louisville, Kentucky. So hopefully we'll see some of you there and maybe get some of the speakers on the show. Speaking of which, the recent Business Continuity Institute BCI World Virtual 2021 had a lot of great speakers. And I've said before that with these conferences, I always like to see if we can get some of those speakers to come on the show and talk about their presentation or something else. And today is actually one of those days. Today, I'd like to welcome to the show on the topic of what, excuse me, what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Alexandra Hoffman. Alexandra, welcome. Hello, Alex. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm extremely grateful for this and uh, I'm grateful that we had an opportunity to meet through the VCI conference. Thank you. Yes, uh, my pleasure. I'm glad uh, you accepted uh, my offer to uh, come on the show. Now, I know uh, you and I have had a chat already uh, before, so we know a little bit about each other, but we've got people literally around the globe uh, that listen and watch uh, the show. So can you take a minute or two and tell us about yourself, what you do, and how you got into what you do? Yeah, sure, Alex. Thank you. So I'm Alexandra Hoffman. I am the CEO of Crisis Ally, which is my company, which I set up three years ago. Originally, it was Alexandra Hoffman Consulting, and then I changed the brand and the name last June because I wanted to make it more global and more open to more diversity and more um a more global work, like like I said, and I've technically been in the security and re in resilience industry for 20 years, my entire career, basically, and I decided to join that industry right after 9-11. That was really what uh, got me to join that industry. At first, I wanted to join the French police forces, and uh, eventually when 9-11 happened, I was myself living and working in Hong Kong at the time, and being, in, being you know, working every, every day in a high-rise building and being extremely conscious of what it, you know, what it is to work for those businesses. I was like, who's, who's prepared protecting those companies, basically, and businesses working in those offices, right? And um, this is really when the shift happened in my head at that moment. And I basically made the decision to focus on corporate security right then and there. And that's when I basically took a flight to New York to get trained on corporate security. That's, that's it. And uh, that's all I've been doing ever since. And here we are today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you're obviously joining us from uh, France, right? Yes, I am. Yes. I'm based in France. I've lived and traveled to many countries, but now I'm based in France. And uh, I'm in Canada, so we've got a big transatlantic uh, call going on right now. So welcome to the show, Alexandra. Now, we are going to talk about what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. Now, that's a pretty big topic, and I know uh, something that a lot of people are talking about now, you're showing value, et cetera, et cetera. What are one of the ways, uh, one of the things that you want to let people know how we can, you know, what, what is one of those opportunities? Let's say I won't go too far because I may accidentally step on some toes here. So <laughs> what, what, no, what are don't. your key points? So, you know, the minute I know that we exchanged some bullet points before, but really uh, hearing you asking this, the question right now, the first, the key point that comes to my mind is about learning. 
So to me, the, the, the best way to stay relevant in our industry, but also in any industry, it's to be willing to learn and unlearn every day. And I think it's a, it's a bit tricky because in our industry, and I've been guilty of that myself sometimes, you know, we are experts at what we do. We've been doing most of, you know, people I know, peers that I know from afar or in France, we've been in that job for many years. Uh, sometimes we've done the job in the public industry, sometimes the private industry, in the, in the human, humanitarian uh, sector, all of, the, uh, all of these areas. And because of that, we have become experts. But like the Buddhist says, becoming an expert and coming to anything with an expert mind is actually a huge trap because then we don't ask the right questions anymore and we actually forget to ask questions sometimes right so it's i think the the big key if we want to stay relevant is to come back today especially today with the you know what's going on with the covid come back with a beginner's mind and say okay how can i start fresh here how can i learn and unlearn what i know and do things differently and I know a lot more people are now open to this because I was actually having conversations like this recently with the prospect who was, saying, who was saying to me, if we have to change everything that we're doing, I'm completely fine with that. But I want us to get ready and to be set to, to do this, right? So really, it's about learning and learning, I think. Now, when you're, we're saying learning, are we saying taking training courses? Um, are we talking lessons learned from our uh, job experiences? Like how do you define learning and relearning? I think it's a bit of everything, Alex, to be honest with you. It's about taking when it's appropriate and when it's, it suits someone to take those courses. Sometimes it can be to be able to open to, be open to completely different opinions, to be open to different perspectives, to ask what other industries and what other professionals outside the security and resilience industries are doing. Um, it's about attending some of those conferences. It's about reading books. It's about uh, reading, I wouldn't say the media because that's what we do in our job, but maybe read different kinds of media so that instead of just going at the media and say, okay, let's, let's see what's going on in the world today. Let's see what's the next crisis, what the next crisis is or the next incident is. Let's go with the media and with, uh, okay, what can I learn today with the media? Because there are things to learn, right? It's mm -hmm. not all bad about the media. So it's, it's a bit of everything really, Alex, but coming with this beginner's mind and being willing to say, oh, I didn't know about this. Maybe I should, you know, instead of rejecting something and judging it because we don't know about something or we feel sometimes, okay, uh, we feel, we feel um, how, how can I say, um, judged for the past work we, we, we have done. Okay, maybe I can learn something from this and see if there's something to it, right? So it's it's a bit of everything, really, Alex. There's no uh, there is there is no one size fits all approach. And um, even though in the, in the corporate sector now the workforce is really about just in time learning and about virtual experiences, because you know without this without this virtual world, basically, I don't think you and I would have met, because. <clears throat> I would have not done the BCI virtual conferences, you know, so I would have done it maybe in person, but I don't even know about this. So yeah. it's, it's, it, it's, um, it's a bit of everything really, but really getting up in the morning. And, and this is actually one of the first teachings I got from my first VP of security when I had my first job back in New York. Every day, when you get up, ask yourself, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you were talking about all those different uh, learning um, potential possibilities there, because I've been doing uh, Voice America for five years now and the YouTube channel for a year. And there was a time when I used to call myself an expert as well. However, after talking with people like yourself and many others in the industry, because we have so many different backgrounds and so many different roles in our organizations, whether we're self-employed or vice president or CEOs I've had on the show as well, <clears throat> we all have our own uh, experiences to learn from and to share. So I don't call myself an expert anymore because the last five years, I think 
every time I'm sitting down in front of this camera or in front of this microphone, I'm learning something new every day, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to learn something new from, you know, by talking to you because you've got different perspectives and a different background than mm -hmm. I do. And I think that's fantastic. That's the way, and you mentioned reading and anyone who's listened to the show or watched the, the videos knows that I'm a huge reader. I've always got two or three books on the go at any given time. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the same. So I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we forgot about podcasts as well, right? Because today we can learn a lot of things through podcasts if we don't have the time to sit down and read, right? Podcasts mm -hmm. are a huge tool right now to, to learn new stuff from around the world, really, literally. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the nice thing. How often uh, beforehand, before we really kind of had Zoom and teams and you know other different software and applications that are out there how would we have met and been able to share uh, experiences you know you mentioned uh, bci world which would have been held in the uk uh, and i think it would have been birmingham again um, if i had been able to be there it doesn't mean you and i would have met we could have just passed each other in the hallway on the way to two different uh, sessions you know speaking yep. sessions mm -hmm. and never met but because of podcasts and because of different ways of now being able to communicate and learn from each other, we're able to sit here and, you know, share ideas right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think also what this virtual world has allowed us to do is really to, to break and break barriers, mental barriers to say, okay, no, what, you know, how can I, could I have a conversation with that person if she's halfway around the world? You know, what's the point in, you know, getting to know her or getting to know him because, you know, they will never work together basically. And I believe this virtual world has opened so many opportunities like this where people are not shy to communicate with each other and really, you know, it's just, okay, let's go for it. You're in, you're in India, it's fine. You're in Canada, that's fine. I'm in France, it's fine. Just let's have a chat and let's see what, you know, how we can grow together and learn together and help each other out because that's also what the deal is about here. It's really about helping each other out grow and being open to that, right? Because uh, your questions also help me grow. And that's all what it is. You know, you want to stay, we want to stay relevant. It's not only you. When I say you, it's a generic you, right? Yeah. We want to stay relevant is, asking the right questions. And to be honest with you, that's really hit me since I've become a business owner. It's one of the biggest lessons learned of me as a business owner is this, is every day asking questions about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it. It's, and because when, when I was before sitting as an employee, whether I was a regional security manager, whether I was a head of resilience, whether I was a supervisor in security, whatever, I, whatever role I was in, it, I can say it's comfortable, right? You, I'm always doing my job. I was doing it quite well, I believe. It was a comfortable situation, even if I, I have tended to, to ask questions for myself very often. But since I've become a business owner, if you, if, when you become a business owner, if you don't ask those questions, you basically die. So, and especially with the COVID crisis, right? Yeah. I don't know of any business owner who hasn't have, had to, to review everything and rethink everything since the COVID crisis started. So that's also why today I come to the show with much more, I would say, um, ideas and thoughts, you know, which I think are super valuable for the industry because I'm still in the industry. And uh, if I want to serve my clients well, I believe some of, you know, those takeaways could be highly useful, basically. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned, had an interesting word there, feeling comfortable in our positions. Do you think that's why sometimes there's so much pushback when people have new and fresh ideas to move us forward? Because let, let's face yeah. it, a few years ago, um, the adaptive business continuity uh, guys, David and Mark, when yeah. they suggested either getting rid of the BIA or changing the way the BIA was done, there was such a fuss about it. It's because we, is it because we were comfortable and complacent and we weren't really learning? new ideas it's interesting it's interesting because i met david at the bci conference in person back in 2017 i think it's 2017 and his abc program was 
very, I mean, we're still quite new. And I remember very clearly having this conversation in the one in one of the halls uh, of the BCI conferences. I was so like, wow, you are onto something. You know, it's all being, it's all about being adaptable. At the time I was head of resilience with uh, Felix Lighting. It's all about being adaptable and, you know, looking for new ways of doing things. And I'm so, so glad that their methodology has bloomed since, right? Because mm. I think this is it. And going back to your question, no one likes change. It's super uncomfortable for everyone because the, our brain hasn't been wired for that. Our brain, mm. first of all, likes to be, to, to the brain has been uh, basically built to, first of all, take care of what's inside of us to make sure we survive. So the, the brain wants to work at the minimum efficiency level with some with everything that's not useful to our survival so changing the methodology for business continuity or crisis management is indeed you know perceived by the brain as completely useless right mm -hmm. so the brain dismisses it i know i'm taking super shortcuts here and some people would kill me for that but i'm, I'm fine with that i'm taking full responsibility for what i'm saying but really no one likes change because it's 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 part of who we are as human beings right and mm -hmm. the other thing is a part of the brain that we have is whenever some we feel that something could uh, threaten our survival indeed we either feel fear or sadness or but we immediately we react to it and of course i can understand that some of us can feel threatened by you know the, those changes in the industry maybe i'm going to lose my job maybe i'm going to be you know made redundant maybe my role won't exist anymore because someone somewhere else will take it whatever it is and i can completely understand that but fighting change is like fighting gravity basically right if something is is meant to change and i think the will is turning at this right at this very moment so there's nothing we can do about uh, about it I've decided and made the decision to jump on the wheel and turn with it, right? And see where it leads me. And I think for the people who try to stop the wheel, I think it's it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake because like I said, yeah, change, fighting change is like fighting gravity, basically. It's a, and I'm not saying that wherever we are heading in our industry, we are we are right by all means, right? But I think it's also good to iterate. And I think our job is meant to be iteration right? Mm -hmm. we, it's like we do in, in crisis management, business continuity, everything is a cycle. We try and we test and we pre and we re-prepare and we, we, it's a cycle all the time. So let's try something different because every security and resilience leader I've been speaking with lately, at least one-on-one, -on -one, but sometimes around my roundtables, executive roundtables that I have, feel the need for change. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine for keeping things where they are, but I don't think that makes sense. And I don't think we would be relevant anymore doing this. Well, yeah, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, will get you the same results over and over again. Exactly. You're not going to actually exactly. be moving forward, you know, and let's face it, organizations, time moves forward. You got to follow it, you know, yeah. and as new innovations come in, new dependencies are created, new tools are created. You got to adapt to it. If you don't, you're going to fall behind. As an individual, exactly. as a company, as a, uh, a community, you know, whatever it may be, you fall behind. And it's like I was saying before, comparing this with me being a business owner, every business owner, every even if uh, every CEO, even though that person may have not built the business they're leading today, know that businesses are made of cycles as well. It, everything is meant to be transformed. Everything is meant to grow, basically. So will it? I, I'm, I'm not on the side of, you know, making sure that things stay still. It's not me. And, and I don't believe this is the right approach. It's uh, definitely not. No, uh, I agree completely. On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. We are talking with Alexandra Hoffman today about what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. And we will be right back.
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking with Alexandra Hoffman on the topic of what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. Uh, Alexandra, can we take the learning part a step further? And I know we have a list of bullet points here, and one of them uh, was diversity. Can you touch on that to you know, build upon what we talked about in uh, learning? Sure, Alex. Thank you very much for asking. It's diversity is is, is a huge topic for me. Um, I think naturally, pretty naturally, because I'm uh, I'm a woman in in this industry, and it's uh, not so common. Even though there are more and more women in the industry, which is great. But I remember when I started in the industry, being a, a woman of 24 years old, it was uh, and being also a civilian. You know, I was actually making, checking all the boxes of the diversity criteria at the time when my boss hired me then. And still to this day, it's still a huge topic because I believe if we want to learn, we have to surround ourselves with people from different, which who are different from us. That's as simple as that. And here I'm not talking, I'm not talking about colors and gender and, and anything like that. I'm just talking about people from different background, people from different with a different experience and, and mm. different way of thinking. Because if we just stay among ourselves, what different opinion are we going to get when some when we need to make harsh decisions, right? Yeah. What what how can we? It's of course it's going to be super easy to reach a consensus that way, but is it really what we want? to reach a consensus in two seconds because no one has challenged what we want to do, especially in the midst of a crisis or in the midst of an incident or amidst or of any disruptive event, right? And yeah. um, I'm talking about a disruptive event here, but that's also true before. We were talking about uh, different methodologies uh, around business continuity, but also around different topics in our industry. I think it's super important to 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 be to feed ourselves and our soul, I would say, with other methodologies. This is how we again grow and and build new stuff, right? And um, so that diversity of thinking, this is really what it is for me. That diversity of thinking is absolutely critical. This is also why um, in 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 my company, I'm trying to to surround myself with people who would be very unexpected in the industry 
And uh, to me, this is the, the cherry on the cake of what I do, basically, right? Is to even people I don't know, but just, you know, throwing a quote out there sometime that will be completely unexpected, right? Um, so, yeah, diversity of thought is just the most important thing, is, I think. And it, the, I, I've been in, this has probably happened to you too, been in meetings where um, everyone is trying to find consensus and no new ideas are coming in. And then somebody who barely talks in a meeting or rarely attends a meeting <laughs> sometimes just shows up and says, well, what about X, Y, Z? Yeah. And everyone kind of looks at themselves and goes, yeah, why, how come we didn't think of that? You know, so, you know, how do you explain that to a bunch of people who say, yeah, we're diverse, but yet at the same time, those people that speak up once in a while are saying, oh, that's just a troublemaker. That's not diversity. So, so the, the thing is, sometimes it's comfortable for all of us to surround ourselves with like-minded people. We, and sometimes we don't even pay attention to it. We don't even, we, we do it very unconsciously. That's my point here, right? Mm -hmm. and, and because we don't spend enough time re asking the right questions, you know, this makes me think of a conversation I was having with a couple of clients recently. And I was asking them, how much time are you spending on your strategy every month? How much time are you spending on your strategy every week? Well, the, the, the answers were a bit surprising, but it was zero hours. And because they're so caught up by the firefighting, the daily firefighting that they are doing, the constant emails, constant requests that they get, that they forget, literally forget, to, to sit down and reflect on what they're doing. And mm -hmm. I think the, the scenario you just brought is exactly about this, which when we are in the, in the spur of the moment, in the spur of life, right, when we have to catch up with everything, when we have to catch up with emails, with what's going on, with the new decisions, with the new reading book, with everything, right, just sitting down and taking the time, okay, what can I do differently here? Did I listen to everyone? And the other thing is, again, going back to the brain, there are biases. We are humans, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have biases. We can only see what we know. So what you described is just the confirmation bias, the, mo the, the, most, the easiest one to know of, right? Of course, we talk about something and we, it, we'll see it everywhere. It's like if I start see, uh, thinking of a red car, I'll, see, I'll start seeing red cars all afternoon, right? <laughs> at, uh, back in my, at my place. This is exactly what it is. So with the confirmation bias is up, plays a huge role here. And that's also why if we, want, if we want to stay relevant, going back to the topic we're discussing here, is learning about those things. Because if we think that because we've done great stuff in our life, because we've gone to war, because, we, because we've helped citizens go through all kinds of crazy terrorist attacks or anything like this, if because we've helped our CEOs deal with executive protections at a very high level, we think we know everything, we are so, so wrong. So, so wrong. Because our brain is no better than any other brain. So learning about those things, right? And making sure that we have on board other brains to challenges. And uh, it's, yeah, ac accepting, to be, to, accepting to be challenged. And, and, and sometimes those uh, quiet people, um, sometimes they stay in the corner because they're tired of not being heard, basically, right? Um, oh, true, yeah. It's just, okay, what, what's the point of me speaking up when the consensus is always A and B and never C and D, right? So it's, um, but it's everyone's responsibility here. No one's a victim. Let me be very, very clear here on what I'm saying. It's everyone's responsibility to try and move toward that diversity of thought that I'm talking about. Now, you just touched on an interesting point. <clears throat> Uh, diversity, you know, or sorry, that person that's sitting in the corner that uh, feels as though they're not um, involved with things or they're always ignored, um, their point of view is kind of shrugged off to the side, you know. Um, that leads me to the second word that usually follows diversity and inclusion. Obviously, that person in that meeting room doesn't feel included. 
and like I said, it's everyone's responsibility to 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 walk toward that diversity, that inclusion, and that be, sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. I've been I've made mistakes myself in the past where I've joined. Uh, I remember that very specifically. I've joined a team, and my way of thinking, our way of thinking, was very different, basically. And because I am who I am, and they are who they are, basically, we were all very adamant about our way of thinking. So we had diversity on the team, but there was no inclusion whatsoever. I was not including so well their way of thinking. And in return, they were not including so well my way of thinking. So mm -hmm. this is why here I'm bringing that sense of responsibility as well, okay? Because it's not always easy, but if we want our opinion to be heard and taken seriously sometimes it requires you know to just also listen to what the other parties has to say it, it's mm -hmm. no one has the truth that's the point here <laughs> that's you know so the more we are around the table discussing and exchanging and brainstorming the better but really here is to understand that i don't have the truth about anything um and you know sometimes i'm a bit strict on plans right i'm like we don't need plans because all of my experience uh, and each time i had plans and contingency plans and policies in place they were literally useless not that they were not good but because each time the crisis would hit it was completely different from what we had planned for mm -hmm. the reality is along the way i've came to speak to people who have very different views from mine so now i've come to a, 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 a point where i'm like more moderate about what I say about planning and documents and governance. So it's just, you know, finding a, a, a midway to, to, to include everyone. And, um, but inclusion is obviously super important to me. Like I was saying to you before, it's uh, before we started recording, it, to me, it's kind of a pleonism, right? To think, of course, if I bring someone completely different from me, I want to include him or her. But indeed, it's not so obvious because it, it does require a change, a change of mindset, a change of perspective, which is like we discussed in the first episode, extremely hard for, for us as human beings. So that kind of moves us to another point. Soft skills then, to be able to manage that appropriately. And I know some people call soft skills human skills, um, but we'll just say soft skills if it's easier um, to, to reference. What kind of soft skills then should we have you know, people in our industry to be, to show that we are relevant and that, you know, we can be relevant in the future as well under crises and under non-crises. Let, let me go one step back to answer that question, Alex, if you allow me. Mm -hmm. One of the, the key data that, uh, that came out with uh, one of the studies conducted by McKinsey and company in September was that there are five priorities on the CEO's mind today. One of them is actually um, retaining talent, making sure that we take care of the talent in the workforce. That includes the security and resilience teams, obviously, right? I think when I break it down, that how do we take care of talent? Not only, of course, we pay them, but that's way not enough, right? We all know that by now. We also speak to them appropriately. We also welcome them appropriately when we onboard people. We also have make sure that they have a, a great experience when they work with us, right? And we also make sure that we can teach, we, they have the, the space to learn new things and sometimes different things from what they do. I believe this very piece among those five priorities actually zooms in on emotional intelligence and soft skills because to have that level of consciousness that we as you know as leaders basically whatever level we are we have to take care of the people who serves us who serve us and work for us obviously requires soft skills right so it's about, about uh, emotional intelligence it's about uh, communicating well it's about managing conflicts well it's about because conflict is part of life so uh, running away from conflict for instance is a huge mistake that a lot of managers and leaders have, right? Um, 
change management is, I think, part of you know those soft skills. They're all so very important. It's like what when we go through life in general, right? Even at home in the street on the street, when we drive our car, or when when we are on the on the metro, the subway, or the bus, whatever, you know, having those soft skills, soft skills to communicate and to interact with each other to make the experience great. And especially when we know that things will happen and that we that those soft skills allow us to build a culture of solidarity. So when something happens, we know we can count on each other. Having those soft skills only during the crisis or a disruptive event means nothing. It's, it means nothing. This allows to build trust in each other. This allows to to actually build something together that we care for and that we have a vision for. So when something happened, we're all work, walking in the, in the same direction, basically. Even if this direction is shifting, it's, it's not the point. It's not the point. We know we are all uh, in it together because we have built this together, right? So that's, that's a long answer to, our, to this question. It's interesting you mentioned culture and um, working uh, only kind of working together uh, with certain soft skills when a crisis happens. For years, I've been saying that, you know, you have to <clears throat> work with all these people, even when there isn't a crisis. Otherwise, when something happens, suddenly you're throwing a bunch of people together who have never worked together, and then sometimes maybe even never even met, all of a sudden have to try and figure out how to work with each other under e extreme pressure, depending on what the situation is, extreme pressure, the time to get anything done goes down, the time to communicate and make decisions, you know, uh, shortens as well. And yet, you don't know all these people, and it makes it harder to move forward. So it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned culture being a, a big piece of this. It's huge. It's huge. And when we talk about being relevant, to me, again, going back to what I was saying during the first episode, it's all about leveraging the business trends. What do we do in business? to make sure a business is successful. Well, as a security resilience leader, we basically have to follow those trends. Because if we wanna be seen and, and heard as relevant in what we say, if we don't use the same words, if we don't follow the same um, similar path, I don't wanna say the same, but similar path, yeah. you know, when I see those tables which are feel, filled with men, I think it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem, don't get me wrong, Alex, but businesses today, every business is now extremely focused on diversity. So the security and resilience team would be the only one not being focused on, on diversity. It makes no sense, right? So if we wanna be people to take us seriously when we say stuff to them, we have to show that we are on the same page than them, whether it's about diversity, also bringing sense of purpose. That's a second element that's on top of, that's top of mind for the CEOs, making sure that whatever we do, it brings purpose to the, to the people and the company. It's, it, it, we can't take for granted the fact that business continuity, crisis management, security, safety is obvious for everyone. It, we are passionate about what we do, but other people are passionate about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So we, we, you know, it, it's, um, that, that's why that, that level of, uh, that sense of purpose and having the right skills to communicate what we do, to make sure that people understand why we do it, what we do, what, what is expected of them. Huge long work in the long haul, basically. It's a long haul work embedded in the culture of the company. There's no doubt about this. And I think you, you almost touched on something is understanding what everyone else does and what their part uh, of the big puzzle is. You know, they, that's, um, let, let's see, you know, sales, everyone looks at sales. Oh, well, you do this, you know, you're, I'm not involved with that. But sales is actually taking some of the great work that maybe you and your team are doing in security or business continuity and offering that as a service to other customers. And then marketing says, hey, well, and we can try and make that look you know, flashy and look better for the sales guys to go out as well. So even though it may not seem they're all linked, they, we are all linked and we all do work Trust together. You know. 
they are all in. I, I completely agree with you, Alex. And trust me, all of us in the security and resilience industry, we would have a lot to learn from the marketing and salespeople because one of the huge questions I hear is that how can I influence my stakeholders? Well, let's learn about marketing, communications, and sales. <laughs> it's very simple, right? When I say it's simple, it's not simple, but it's it's um yeah, it, it's uh, it's never easy to get people to see what we're seeing. It's it never easy. So it requires huge and, and very, uh, very strong um, human connections that no hard skill that I know of can beat, basically. It's just, you know, yeah. On that note, we've come to the end of our second segment. We are talking with Alexandra Hoffman today on the topic of what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. And we'll be right back. Partner Up with Amy Carroll focuses on getting more of what you want and need more easily with less difficulty. While this applies to business, it can be used for just about everything from relationships to leadership. You'll hear stories and tips to uplevel your communication and mindset, to gain confidence and inspire action by making your partner look good, conflicts dissolve and results improve. Partner Up with Amy Carroll is heard every Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on Voice America Business. Not enough women are talking about how they feel about their money. Lisa Chastain is on a mission to change that. If you're feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become capable, savvy, and confident with your personal finances. Listen in and hear stories from other women about how they tackled their financial challenges. Not only will you learn from industry experts, you will hear from everyday women all of the tips, tricks, and advice you need to raise your financial IQ so that you can feel free from your daily stresses with money. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Alexandra Hoffman on what opportunities we have in our industry to stay relevant. Alexandra, lots of great information. Uh, I love listening to you talk. It's obviously your passion comes through the screen. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Um, one of the things that we were going to talk about, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but I still want to touch on it. The difference between resilience and sustainability, you know, what are your ideas and thoughts on that? What is resilience to you? That's a, that's a loaded question. 10 minutes on this one is a, is a good one. Thank you, Alex. But I know I threw it out there too. So um, to me, originally, they are synonym. You know, if I think about these words as a pure civilian, I'm like looking at resilience, sustainability. Okay. Me, for, to me, being resilient is the same as being sustainable. I want to make sure that whatever is happening, I keep on going, right? Whether it's for my business, but also whatever I do every day, what am, what am I doing even for the environment? Is it, is it toward the, the earth? resilience and, and, and long life, or is it, you know, going to stop life on earth, basically? And it's the same to, to me for, for, for resilience is whatever we do is, does it allow us to, to stay up and keep on going and make sure that whatever's going on, you know, we'll, we'll be there for a long time and uh, 
again, uh, still a long time. So they are pretty synonym to me, but I can understand that today they've become very, very separate, or at least businesses and corporations use them differently. Um, and I can see why, because In, in fact, as I'm thinking about it, you know, it's true that what are we doing to make sure that the company is sustainable? Our processes, our policies, whatever we put in place, are they going to prevent the business from moving forward or, did, or are they going to allow the business to, to just go through it, through things? whatever happens. It's, um, it's a big question, to be honest with you, I, I don't have an exact answer and I don't think anyone has, especially because even if we take the word resilience in many, many industries, it has a different meaning, right? But at the end of the day, it still means that, that capacity to bounce back. That's very, very clear. Um, to bounce back to what? To, to, to keep on being, right? Um, it doesn't mean that the journey is going to be flat <laughs> and that change will never happen, right? But um, it's uh, that's, I think, the, the main definition we can see even in physics, but also in nature, right? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a difficult question. And the thing is, I know that we like to put things in boxes. Again, it's part of the brain. Mm -hmm. It's reassuring to have those boxes right lined up to make sense of what's extremely complex and I think it comes down to complexity it's everything is intricate so maybe some might argue that they're not synonym at all there's one thing for sure they are connected highly connected being resilient and sustainable even if they are not one they are at least like this I don't know if you can see my hands but uh, yeah so sustainability I look at uh, I like to use or think of um, food as a uh, as yeah. an example Every day I'm used to having steak and breakfast, uh, steak and eggs in the morning for breakfast, you know, a big sandwich at lunch and maybe, uh, you know, salmon dinner, you know, and I have that day after day after day, then something happens. I don't need that every day. All I need to sustain me to keep me going is some rice and some water. And I can survive on that for a few weeks until I can work myself back or forward. Uh, as some people say, mm -hmm. resilience, you bounce forward rather than going back yeah. to where you were. You want to yeah. be ahead of where you were, you know, and work, forward, towards, yeah, yeah. work towards, you know, being able to get that steak again, you know, in the morning, you know, steak and eggs in the breakfast. So sustain sustainability, I, I tend to kind of look at, okay, what's the minimum that I can still keep going, you know, and we could still work yeah. as a team and get that steak back for breakfast. Yeah. But do we want that steak back for breakfast? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do we even <laughs> want to That's a different question. Yeah, so sometimes too, after a crisis, you do realize, and COVID has done that, and you kind of alluded to it a couple of times too, is when you come out of it, it's, or as you're coming out of it, it's like, you know what? What we thought was important maybe wasn't as important. Yeah. We, we've, our priorities have changed. You know, and you, or maybe it was a disservice to us. Going, sorry to interrupt, Alex, yeah. but because of your example, maybe it was doing us a disservice, not only being not important anymore, but maybe it was not serving us at all what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think, and you, you know, doctors would, would agree with me that having steaks and eggs every morning for breakfast throughout life is not the healthiest way to start the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's super heavy, and it's just, I don't think that's the best for the body. That's my take on it. So not only is it a priority, but does it serve us? That's also why I put resilience and sustainability so, so close together, because like you said, Resilience is not about, like you rightfully said, about bouncing back. I used the wrong word on this one. Don't, you know, uh, apologies about this. It's about thriving. You know, one of the examples I used on during my conferences is uh, I go back you, to the cycle we use in the business continuity and, and crisis management industry. So, okay, we plan, we prepare, we, we, we respond, and then we recover. And I typically say that I hate using that recover word because I recover from the flu. When I go through a crisis, personally or professionally, I want to thrive from it, seriously, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to jump 
forward, literally. Like you said, I don't want to go back. Uh, you're absolutely right on this one. I just want to go forward and tell myself, oh my God, I've learned so much thanks to that. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was really hard. I've learned so much through that. And uh, now I, you know, I, I know I'm resilient and I know I can keep on going like this and whatever I'm doing is sustainable. Believe it or not, we've got less than, we've only got two and a half minutes left. Would you like to take a minute and a half, two minutes with any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? I just want to go back to this um to those priorities that you were talking about a couple of minutes ago. It's, I think it's really hard to make sense and to prioritize in today's world, right? Because we are bombarded by information, including you know, books and articles and podcasts and new information and new perspectives, new way of thinking. So how do we make sense of all of this? And I think it doesn't help to not be reluctant to change because like, okay, I'm gonna just, shut down all of this so that it's much easier for me to to stay comfortable right to where I sit and mm -hmm. the thing is it's also a problem because we have so many things coming to us that I think it's hard to prioritize and but at the reality is if we don't take the time to sit down and think carefully through what we want for the team we're working for or that for the organization that we work for carefully thinking what do i want why do i want it and really what are my what objectives do i need to to go through to meet this purpose it's going to be really impossible and and um i'm not talking about risk management here because and we can only see what we know and uh it goes way beyond risk management. It just, if we want to stay resilient, if we want to stay sustainable, we have to be super clear on what we're doing and why we're doing it. I agree. Uh, a lot of times uh, uh, what we do uh, with business continuity, even with security, becomes a tick box exercise. And I know that gets said a lot, um, but the more people I talk to it, the more it seems to crop up. You know, where, well, the reason we're doing it is because we're certified in this. And we have to follow this certification. Well, aren't you doing it for yourselves? Yeah. You know, your organization, your employees, you know, et cetera. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it yeah. becomes an afterthought. <laughs> so taking that step back, always, always, always reflecting on this every day, daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on that point, we've come to the end of our show. Alexandra, thank you very much. I really enjoyed talking with you today. And I'm glad you could join us from uh, France. And, uh, you know, hopefully the weather is better where you are than it is here right now. Thank you so much, Alex. I really enjoyed the conversation and especially your questions. And the weather is not good where I'm at right now, but it's fine. It's still a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still a good day. I'm up. You know, the sun will eventually shine. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really glad. And to your point, you know, I'm glad that, we're, you know, the virtual conference BCI world was able to bring us together in this platform because we probably wouldn't have been able to do this otherwise. So thank you so much. I'm glad uh, you could join us today and share uh, your expertise and time. Thank you again, Alex. Thank you. You're welcome. And to everybody listening and watching, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.